Hello and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. I'm Abhishek and I have with me again this time Meetu Jaisangar the associate editor at Forbes India. Hi Meetu, good to have you back again. Hi Abhishek, thanks for having me again. The last time we exchanged mails, I understand that you were working until 6 in the morning to get this cover story out. So how has this week been for you? Yeah, it was a pretty crazy two or three days of work. Well, I think it's gone well after that. Yeah, it's about Infosys and a uh, million stories have been written on on this company and uh, you too have written at least one story on Infosys in Forbes India. So what is it that particularly you set out to achieve in the story and what's the story about? Yes, like you said, a lot has been about this company and we ourselves had done a major story last year. The triggers for looking at a story this time, uh, there were two triggers actually. One was uh, Mr. Moti's retirement you know next year and we hunt for the new chairman and that will really be a defining moment for this company right uh, and the other was the overall shift in technology spending with new models coming in post recession you know clients looking for new solutions to fund their it projects right. and the overall the looming of cloud computing and what impact that will have on services companies like infosys so those were the two triggers to look at the story this time and what's the sentiment like in the sense that generally when anyone talks about companies like infosys or tcs it's either good bad or there is no midway so with infosys posting a double digit uh, quarter growth this time now does your story talk about you know is, is it a panegyric is there a question that uh, this uh, cover story sets out to answer for instance the business model that comes out first how convinced are you with the current business model and what is it in the first place Yes, like you rightly pointed out, they've had one of the best quarters in the last two years. They've posted a double-digit growth in revenue. Their margins have been stable for five years. You know, despite making the best margins in the industry, so it it isn't a house on fire kind of a situation at all. But at the same time, you know, there are some large trends that cannot be ignored, and and to to put this up front, the company is also aware of them. So just to give you an example of two of the big big shifts happening in technology spending post the recession, one is that. clients no longer have the the cios no longer have the budgets to spend as before i mean their cfos have been telling them to cut costs and look look, look for newer ways to fund technology spending in that scenario you know business as usual is also being being questioned in 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 simple ways you know every time they have to grow their revenues they they have to hire people in the same proportion if your clients are saying they no longer have the money to to fund existing projects and have to find newer ways to fund the the new technology then that puts pressure on your model as well so you you've got to do basically more with less and companies like infosys have been thinking about this for the last 4 or 5 years then there are other challenges you know they're already at 125000 people now how how long can you go on growing that company i mean there's a management of people cost associated to that salaries and visas are going up but the rates that you demand from your clients are not going up in the same proportion so mm-hmm. all this puts pressure on the model and and they're aware of it and they've been trying to sort of look look at ways of you know breaking that linearity at the same time the big disruption that many leading technology companies and analysts have been talking about is is the cloud computing model and the IBM chairman Sam Palmisano you know says that you know technology moves in waves and and the next big wave that he sees that will impact hitting the industry in a big way is cloud computing uh, is infosys anywhere close to being equipped uh, to deal with this because currently i believe they are in the business of selling services which is very commoditized and everybody does it and it all comes down to number of dollars spent per employee per hour so if tcs or xyz company does it better an ibm or a 
or a Ford Motors, they, they go to that company. So, and cloud computing is, from the technological perspective, a completely different story altogether, right? And just to break it down, can you help us explain what cloud computing in layman's terms is, Mithu? Yeah, uh, apart from what the technology and all will be, it's a business model. So mm-hmm. instead of a company buying technology, like buying a piece of hardware from HP, buying software from Oracle, and then buying services from Infosys, instead of that, what they're saying is we will no longer make the capital expenditure in technology. So mm-hmm. we will now rent it. So it's almost like a computing on demand model. Just the way we buy electricity from electricity companies. I mean, we do not put infrastructure in our backyard. Right. We just plug in and, and we pay per use. So that's the simplest way to, to explain it. And mm-hmm. yes, it's, it's not something that's going to hit you know companies in the next two to three years. Mm-hmm. It's a longer term phenomena. But it is happening. If you see hardware is moving under the cloud with, with the whole data center bit going there. Mm-hmm. So software, we, you know, companies like SAP, Google and Microsoft have now started offering software where you pay a $50 per user per month kind of a fee instead of buying a very expensive Microsoft license, you know, and then keeping it on premise. So, you know, those shifts have started happening in hardware and software. So it's a matter of time before services move under that hood as well. And if you look at what companies like Oracle and NHP have been doing, they've also started to integrate. So hardware companies are buying software, software companies are buying hardware companies. And, they, you know, it's a matter of time before somebody looks at, somebody like Larry Lesson looks at a service company next. So then in that case, what happens to you? So those are the concerns, you know, related to cloud computing. Right. And, and probably Infosys is not equipped as of today to, you know, move there. Yeah, so if cloud becomes mainstream, you cannot offer cloud-based services in a linear way. So so basically what linearity in a services company would mean, uh, currently, you know, if, if I need to write a new application or I need, you know, uh, uh, my service company to maintain it, I basically pay for what is called time and material, dollars per hour. So, you know, you, you give me 10 engineers, you give me a certain rate, so $30 per hour, and I keep compensating you for that. Now, what I tell you is you solve a problem for me, which is that, you know, if you're maintaining 10 machines and if one machine goes down, I pay you for repairing that machine, not for how many hours your engineer spends on my premise repairing it. Uh, So that's the shift. Uh, And that, like I said, is a natural evolution of the model, which is anywhere going to happen. Now, what is making it more complex is the alignment of these global majors, like, you know, Oracle buying out Sun, HP buying out EDS, and clients going to them and saying, Solve my problem. I don't care whether you're a hardware company or a software company or a service company. I just want a solution to my problem. So all so, of this is, is merging, in a sense, converging. Uh, yes, all of this is, yeah. Where, where people are, I think there is no, still no clarity is, is how long this will take. Are we looking at it as a two-year phenomena, a five-year phenomena, mm-hmm. or a ten-year phenomena? So coming back to Infosys' preparedness for this, I think they they're very, very aware of it. As our story also talks about, and we heard from multiple people that the leadership team driven by Chris is, is very aware of what the disruption that cloud will bring to his services model. He's been talking about it at various forums. He was there for Oracle World where, you know, he chaired a session with Larry Ellison and he talked about that there also. So, you know, the question is, you know, you know what, what's coming, but what do you do about it? And, and how soon can you change your company and, and that is where I feel is Infosys' dilemma. I mean, it's been so successful in doing what it does right. and, you know, and being the best company in, in its sphere. It's, it's not an easy shift to make. That's where the challenge lies. 
Now, with, with all these years of experience that they have, you know, for instance, before we recorded the call, you, you said something interesting about how companies or clients give them a framework or a problem, and they say, please solve this problem, and Infosys uh, employs five developers and gets that for problem fixed. Now, over time, this has been happening like it's happening on an assembly line. But do you see a shift in, let's say, Infosys creating intellectual properties or IPs over time with their experience and then start licensing it out and then start getting money from that on a regular basis? Like they already have filed up to 300 odd patents and 15 of them are already operational and getting them enough revenues. So is that another way through which they could start making money like the IBMs and the Intels have done it? See, they will have to do that. And I think that they're already doing that. They have a product called Cynical, which was a core banking software product. But that was created several years ago, maybe 20 years ago, even more. So they are looking for the next big product and they've shortlisted two or three areas. Also on the intellectual property side, I think they have 10 platforms which they are getting $50 million in revenue. But really look at the scale. I mean, this company has a run rate of $6 billion. This financial year when it closes, they will close at $6 billion. I mean, what is $50 million in comparison to that? So there is concern even internally. I mean, we spoke to a lot of people inside the company, the board members, analysts, that, you know, you need to probably hasten that process. We're not trying to say that Infosys doesn't know the problems or is not doing enough about it, but in some sense, it's a dilemma, right? If, you, if your current model is so successful, I mean, how do you really make the shift? And remember, it's a bellwether stock. So even if they drop their revenues or their margins by even 1%, you know, it has a cascading effect on the sector. It's a stock that people look to for, for Q. Now, like you mentioned about the dilemma, now, if you don't make the quarter or don't meet the expectations, suddenly your stock prices dip. So it's too much of a challenge for the CEO there and the top management there and probably a few more years need to be given to them before we start saying that, okay, it's too late for them to change. Absolutely. And, and I hope our story sort of brings that out. That's not a house on fire situation. And this is where I think, you know, Murti is going out or retirement, you know, next year might also be a big factor, the next chairman who comes in, how much sort of momentum can he seize and drive becomes very important because Moti has had a profound influence on this company and a lot of what they do now was actually created by him, the model that they have of quarterly guidances and meeting it, of valuing profits per employee above everything else, of building, you know, these American-style campuses, you know, these were huge, huge early calls that he that he made of an thing. Also to cut you in is the fact that we will not allow any spouses of our founders to work as well as probably the sons to walk in if they don't earn it. I think these were a couple of his mantras. Absolutely, well. you know, and these these were the mantras and, and they've, 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 you know, to give them credit, they've lived by all of it. One of those rare companies where founders have not passed on their legacy to their children and they're trying to now bring in professional CEOs. So, it's, it's a complex journey for the founders. It's a very complex journey for the, for the company. Especially uh -huh. in technology, if you see the companies which are very successful now and are always usurped by a new entrant. Because companies which are successful get attached to their model and find it very difficult to change. I mean, if you look at Microsoft versus Google right. or Microsoft versus Apple, and this is how, how it is in, in technology all the time. True, and I think one of the ways that changes can take place uh, by force is when competition comes and forces you to. Because recently, Intel, they actually sought permission from the Foreign Investment Promotion Board. They said that we want to start a computer consultancy service and a software mm -hmm. supply service in the sense they'll be directly competing with folks like uh, Capgemini, Infosys, and mm -hmm. other companies. So a semiconductor firm 
suddenly gets into consulting because they find money in it. So yeah, like, so you know the lines are blurring and new camps are emerging. Uh, it's a question, you know, to be fair to Infosys, it's not just a question they have to answer. It's a question that the entire industry has to answer. But like I said, you know, them being the bellwether and and such an iconic company, mm-hmm. how they think about this problem will give a choose to a lot of other people. True, and and your story also dwells a little bit on the succession planning. What next after Murthy? So I have this very cliched question for you. It's a debate that goes on in in all companies where the founder's persona is bigger than that of the companies. Like we have Apple. So what after Steve Jobs or what? about Virgin Atlantic or Virgin after Richard Branson. So is that true in case of Infosys as well? What after Murthy? Absolutely. Uh, one of the board members in, in our last interaction put it quite nicely. It says, it's going to be a huge emotional loss for the company. Uh, Murthy will stay on as chairman emeritus, but he will not He will not have a seat on the board and he will not have a say in how the company is run, the strategic part of the company. What we hear from, from other people is that his you know, retirement in some sense also presents an opportunity to the company because, you know, a new person coming in can see this problem more objectively and less emotionally. And the founder sometimes will get emotional about how to run the company. But it all depends on who that person is. And we have strong reasons and our research has shown and or the most likely contenders for Mr. Murthy's position could be Mr. Kamath. Mr. Kamath coming in also has given hope to the younger generation of leaders because they see in him as somebody who has groomed for professional CEOs at ICICI, and, 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 and you know, frankly speaking, that's something that Infosys hasn't done so far. So, right. so they see in him, you know, in, in some sense, a new hope for their careers as well. So, in other words, they would want to replace uh, Murthy with a celebrity businessman. I'm sorry to use that word because I, I remember attending one uh, entrepreneurial summit where Murthy was invited to speak, and I was part of the audience. And the audience simply went crazy when Murthy walked on the stage. At the end of it, everyone went there as if he was a Sachin Tendulkar of business, and people were clicking pictures, and he obviously denied uh, autographs. But uh, on that day, he mentioned something interesting. He said that, you guys uh, look up to me, and you seem to like me, but not many of my salespeople uh, look up to me. Uh, and this, this he made a comment after he turned down a deal of uh, GE, wherein they offered him to cut costs, and I think it's part of your story as well. Okay, can you tell us a bit more what exactly happened if you had a chance to speak with so, Murthy? So, so just to just spend one minute, you know, adding to what you said, I mean, the rock star part of it, I mean, if you mm-hmm. really, if, if, if you look at him, he doesn't look like a rock star. Uh, and, you know, one of the things, you know, we're talking about taking tough calls, and, and nobody took tougher calls than, than Mr. Murthy when he was the CEO of the company, and what you talked about, the GED, you know, so I think the way I heard it from him, many years ago was that they were all in a hotel in, in Bangalore and, and he had called, he, you know, he's somebody which has also contributed a lot to creating this offshore industry. It was one of the pioneers in, in adopting the offshore model. Right. And they were, at that point in time, I think this was the period in 1995, they accounted for 25% of Infosys revenue and 8% of its bottom line. So the way Mr. Moti describes this is that they had called all the vendors in a hotel and, and, you know, this was a two-day negotiation and the team was going from room to room, you know, checking rates and then coming back and negotiating with each vendor. And I think somewhere down the line, their demand became so untenable that Mr. Muthi said he couldn't run his company at the rates that they were offering. And then he just decided to not do any business with them anymore on those terms. And then he, and he ended the meeting and he walked, walked back. And as he was driving back to, to the campus, um, um, you know, he was accompanied by the head of sales at that time, Kanish Muthi. And... And Sanish turned to him and said, Mr. Muthi, what have you done? This is 25% of our revenue, and where will I get another account like that? And 
and that day uh, mr moti says like you said he wasn't a very popular man inside the company and most people thought he had lost his mind and he you know what he said to them was that you know this this gives us an opportunity to go and look for another client and do our business much much more from here and, and and in time when you look back on this day you know you will be thankful for it we you know forced you to look to do things differently and you know if you really you know tired to what where infosys is, is at today i mean it is so true that if that company takes a call like that and forces itself to do something different uh-huh. just like moti did you know in in 1995 who knows where this company might go from there that's right i think he also mentioned that uh, it gets very lonely at the top there are times when everybody hates you but you have to take certain calls Absolutely, that and once he decided on doing something, mm-hmm. he wouldn't change his mind about it. These are very, very tough decisions to take, uh, but but that's the kind of leader he was, and that's the kind of next gen leader that Infosys will now need, I think. Right, and just to wrap this up, we are running out of time. Me too. How long did it take for you to do some backbreaking research for this this particular story? There is a phenomena in IT companies called quarter for quarter stuff. You know, I mean they. <laughs> This is how they interact with the media, and I think I lived up to it. I've actually worked on this story for a whole quarter, right? So it's almost three months of research, endless conversations with analysts and other companies, and many times talking to Infosys itself. It, it was a very difficult, very complex story to write, but I've enjoyed writing it. Well, thank you very much, Meetu, for your time today, and uh, all you guys out there. The issue launches uh, today, so go pick it up, and you can also download this podcast on. the forbes india website as well as the indicas.com the forbes india website url is business.in.com and you can also subscribe to the magazine by just smsing forbes to 51818 that's 51818 then mitu thanks again thank you abhishek it was a pleasure talking to you as always thank Great. you